Let's open our Bibles, Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to finish the Sermon on the Mount this morning. little review from last time, this idea of, that Jesus is uh, challenging and this warning is the, the fact that we need to really know Him. Do you know Him is the question. Does He know you? Do you and I have a real relationship with Him? And that question has eternal consequences. It affects how we're, our, our eternity is. It's, and it's not, as Jesus was saying, it's not just enough to say, Lord, Lord, to say words. It's got to be something that is inside of us. It's, it's, it really is a changed life, a truly changed life that, that is, that is uh, through knowing Him, it affects who we are, affects what's coming out of our lives. Not just spiritual activities, not just religion, not just religious stuff. I heard Billy Graham on the morning, uh, in the, uh, this morning on the radio, and he was talking, you know, about uh, people. He was talking to the, to the crowd that he was uh, preaching to and, and uh, taped some time back, of course. And, you know, he was saying, you know, you might have been baptized, and you might have done this and that, but do you know him? Have you surrendered your life to him? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Paul said, I want to know Christ. And that verse that shows that it's not going to be perfect here. Our relationship with Jesus is not going to be perfect. And maybe you're thinking, well, I don't know if I do. I'm not sure. Well, one thing is just to surrender to him. And, but, but part of it is a growing process. We grow. We learn to know him better and better. And, and, and we're never going to get it quite perfect because Paul said that. Now we see but a poor reflection. As in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. We're kind of going down this path. We don't know him perfectly yet, but one day we'll see him face to face, and that knowledge will become perfect reality. That's what I'm looking forward to. But in the meanwhile, we seek to get to know him, spending time conversing, talking back and forth. Today, the final section, the final challenge, really, of the Sermon on the Mount is this. What are we building our lives on? Is it rock or is it sand? Let's read verses 24 through 27. He says there in Matthew 7, Therefore, remember, he's at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everything he said before this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Therefore, he says, we've, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time looking at the Sermon on the Mount and, and you know, all these different sections. Hearing these words of Jesus, he says, whoever, everyone who hears these words of mine, he says, therefore, we've heard all these words, now what? Jesus is saying to us, to you and to me, because we're responsible for what we hear. He says, listen and live. Listen and live it. He says, everyone who hears these words, we've we got to start with hearing them. We've got to start with listening at church and on, 
our own reading and, and on the radio and different places that we hear tapes and see the internet. People need to speak so that people can hear. Paul talks about that as well. But it's not enough. We can't stop there. We can't just hear. It's got to go further than that. And that's what Jesus is saying is here. He says, he, he says, you hear these words, you can put them into practice. Now, does that mean that's what we have to do to be saved? No. To be saved, and I, I repeat this over and over because it's so important, we, we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did upon the cross. Our salvation is firmly based upon that. But to be, but to be a believer and to build this foundation and to have a strong life as a believer these are what he's saying that it's wisdom for us to do. He said that. Notice it there in verse 24. He said those who put them into practice are like a wise man who built his house on the rock. There's wisdom in it. Now Jesus, as you know, Jesus, his stepfather was named what? Joseph, Joseph yeah. And what, what did Joseph do for a living? He was a carpenter, so he probably knew a lot about building, right? Um, I doubt that he just made tables. You know, you see these kinds of you know, Bible stories. He just made little tables and chairs. But he was a carpenter. He probably got involved in all different kinds of buildings. So, and, and Jesus, growing up with Joseph, uh, he was probably trained. And normally they would train their kids in how, you know, what they did. And, and so he was probably trained in building. So he, you know, he brings these kinds of parables, these stories, these uh, stories with a, with a meaning about building this first one here about these building principles. And it's important in the foundation, he's saying, is crucial. And what you build upon is crucial. And he says these teachings, you know, I'm not just speaking just for the sake of speaking. We can do that too, right? You can come here and you can listen. Oh, that was a wonderful, um, whatever you called it, Pastor. You know, a message, a sermon, or a sermonette, you know, whatever it is, that was wonderful, and I heard it all. And then just go out and, 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 and basically I have failed. If, if these words have not somehow affecting, you know, my life first and then your life second, there, there's no point in it to just hear something nice. Wow. But to build our lives upon these things. It makes the difference between building upon rock and building upon sand. Just to, just to uh, review uh, some of the, the concepts, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger, thirst for righteousness. He talked about anger, how we deal with anger. He talked about reconciliation. He talked about lust. He talked about making promises. He talked about revenge. He talked about love for enemies. He talked about giving and and prayer and fasting and not doing it so that people can see, but doing it. He talked about having our treasures in heaven. He talked about worrying. He talked about judging people. He talked about asking and seeking and knocking in prayer. He talked about the two gates, the two paths, the two destinations. All these things, and many of you remember, we talk, we've been talking about these for months. But all these things in the Sermon on the Mount and so many more, we can hear them and, you know, we're listening, we're hearing the words, but are we taking it a little bit further and saying, well, how does that apply to me? 
The whole principle of, of inductive Bible study is, is this. There's three principles. One is observation, where you look at the text. Two is interpretation. What does it mean? What does it say first? What does it mean second? But the third point is just as important, application. How do I apply that to my life? Uh, you know, as much as I can, I try to, try to make things applicable in terms of our daily lives. But it gets down to this, and I think, you know, we, we hear uh, prayers about this, you know, that God wants to speak to us individually, and the application for you might be very different from the application for me. Same passage, but God is, you know, God, you know, takes one little part of it and says, listen, I've, I've been trying to get your attention about this particular thing or not, you see. The application is so crucial, it's important. That's what Jesus is saying here. You know, are you going to build upon rock or are you going to build upon sand? And the, the difference is, is applying these words to our lives. That's the whole difference between rock and sand. Have we been listening and are we applying them to our lives? And, and I want to say this also, this question is, are we doing it now before the storms come? Look at verse 25 again. It says, The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. The storms, they came. And, and all these different you know, pictures that he's given us here, rain just coming down. We've had quite a bit of rain the last couple of days, right? Sometimes water rises and it, we, we feel like we're drowning sometimes in life. These storms of life, they will come. It's not if they come, right? It's when they come. Jesus, you know, he was, he was a realist. And, you know, storms come in this life. It's just reality. It's just the way it is. If you think that you're immune, good luck. If you think that because you're a Christian now, there will be no storms, I don't know where you got that. It didn't come out of Jesus' teaching, and he's, he's telling us right here that there are storms. The wind's blowing us all over the place and, and beating on us. Beat against that house. I want to say to you today that that's not the time to build when the storms come. The storms just come, and they kind of reveal what has been built already. They show us where we're weak or where we're strong. I don't know about you, but have you ever tried fixing the roof during the rainstorm? I've tried that. It's difficult. It's, you know, it's impossible, really. You go up there and, and, and right, didn't I do that? You go up on the roof and, and it's raining, it's dangerous, and you're hoping you're going to find the leak and fix the leak. But that's not the time to build. The time to build is, is before the storms come. On each day, each week, each year, you're building. And, and we're all building something, whether it's on stone or rock or on sand. We're all doing it whether we like to uh, admit it or not. You are building your life. The, the things you do every day, what's part of your lives, you're building. But the time to build is before the storm gets there. He says, yet it did not fall. The house did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. The foundation that it had was on the rock, no matter what came. And, and someone said this, that the storms reveal the quality of the two builders. 
It matters what our foundation is on. It matters what our foundation is. Again, it's not just hearing, but hearing and living it and applying it to our lives. Now, usually foundations, you can't see them, right? You can't usually see the foundation of a house unless you go into the basement and look around. And, and the house we're living in is built like in 1874. And, you know, you go down there and you see these big giant stones. It was built with stones. And then on top of that, there's later on they added some concrete and maybe some bricks and whatever. But when you're looking at it from the outside, you can't see those stones, and you look at a house, both houses in this picture might look exactly the same from the outside. You know, here in church, we look around each other where we all kind of look the same, sort of. Sort of. Some of us look a little better than others, but we kind of still, we're all human looking. And But what, what it is that you can't see foundation, the, what, you know, what, you know, what's been going on in the heart. God sees that. How deep is it? How strong is it? What is it built upon? What have we been building our lives upon? I want to look at some scriptures now uh, about foundations and, and some of these things. I found some interesting scriptures. Turn with me, first of all, back to uh, Psalm 11. Psalm 11. Because this is this is a crucial thing you know, we're talking about here, these foundations. Look at Psalm 11 and verse 3. It says there, When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? What can the righteous do? What's the first answer? Pray, yeah, we got to pray. I'll talk a little bit about you know the foundations in our in our society here in our country in a minute. But what we can do is pray. But the the point is that that foundations get attacked as well, and maybe the foundation in your life. Maybe you spend a lot of time building a good strong foundation, but but then it's being attacked and 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 it's getting weak. What can the righteous do? Well, the righteous can make sure that their own foundation is strong and built upon the rock. Turn back with me to Ezra, this little book of Ezra just before Nehemiah. It's back about three or four books in, in uh, Ezra chapter 3. I want to look at a couple of verses in Ezra. Ezra is a book about rebuilding. They went to, back to rebuild the, the temple Earlier, of course, the temple was built by who? By Solomon. Solomon built the temple, and it said in, in another place in 1 Kings that at the king's command, they removed from the quarry large blocks of quality stone to provide a foundation of dressed stone for the temple. So they, they had got these huge stones to build. But they were quality stones. And again, the, the, the foundation... It's got to be quality. It's not just fly by night or it's not going to last. It's not going to hold up. It's not going to stand. So I, I've been to Jerusalem and, and you know, the, the foundation is not there for the temple. But what you can see, there's some foundation for some walls. And some of these stones, you, you go in these, these uh, tunnels, actually, underneath. 
and, and you go on this thing and there are stones that are like massive. They're, how could they even have gotten those stones there? We don't know how they got them there. But they're huge. But they're strong. They're secure. And they're down below where no one could see them. You see, they, they kind of held up part of this wall. Quality stone to build. To, to provide this foundation. Look at Ezra chapter 3. Now that the temple had been destroyed, they come in, they're coming back to rebuild the temple. In chapter 3, the first part, they talk about rebuilding the altar. This place of worship where they would worship and where they would offer sacrifices morning and evening. Look at verse 3. It says there, despite the fear, despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and they sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Notice what he says there. It says that despite their fear of the people around them, they built, they rebuilt on the, on the foundation. Despite what people thought of them. And this is something you and I face in this life. Despite what people think, are we going to apply the teachings of Jesus to our lives and how we live? And this isn't just at home in our private little prayer closet. This is how do we live out in the world? How do we apply those things out in the world? Are we just afraid of what people are going to think about us if I talk about Jesus or if I don't do that or if I don't get involved with them in the, the drinking and the partying or if I don't laugh at the, the, the uh, rude jokes and, and, you know, are we just going to go along because we're afraid of what they think or are we going to apply these things to our lives and be the people of God in the situation around us, the world around us? He says, despite their fear. We have fears. Fear is normal. Fear is, you know, we're, we're afraid of what people think. But he says, despite that, they built the altar on its, foundation, on its foundation. And then they did these daily offerings, this worship. Daily, morning and evening. Morning and evening. Morning and evening. Every day. Every day. That's why, I, you know, I, I, I talk about, you know, uh, are, are we, do we have a devotional life where every day we're, we're just opening up God's word? Just opening up God's Word and, and reading it for ourselves. Maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes, half an hour, what it, whatever it might be. And this is, again, building this relationship where we know the Lord and He knows us. Despite their fear of the people around them. Some people, you know, bring their Bible to, to work because they, at lunchtime they can have a, a half an hour and, and, and spend time reading the Bible and that's a good time for them, perhaps. Despite the fear of what people would think around them. Look at chapter 3, verse 10. When they went to rebuild the temple itself, it says, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals, they took their places to praise the Lord. As prescribed by David, king of Israel, with praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. You had people weeping. You had people 
shouting out for joy. You had praise and you had worship. Why? Because there was a foundation for the worship of God. That's in, in your life and my life. You're building something. Whether you know it or not, you're building something. Is it built upon the rock? Is it a strong foundation? Or is it, is it just sand? Is it going to get blown away? When the storms that certainly will come, do come. It talks about Jesus in the book of Isaiah says that he's the precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. There's no question the New Testament makes clear that Jesus is the rock that we build our lives upon. His words, his teaching that he's telling us here in Matthew that we build our lives upon. Are we, are we truly doing that? Or do we just say, well, that, those are interesting. Those are good words. I like those. Look at Isaiah. Turn ahead to Isaiah chapter 33 and uh, verse 6. And that'll be the other side of the Psalms and the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. Isaiah chapter 33, verse 6, speaking about the Lord. Let's start in verse 5. The Lord is exalted, for He dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness. Verse 6, He will be the sure foundation for your times, a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. And he says, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. He will be, he himself will be the sure foundation for your times when, when things happen in this life. A rich store of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. But he says, the fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Proverbs talk about the, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord, where we have this awesome respect of who he, of who he is. I want you to turn with me now to, to Luke chapter 14. Uh, Luke chapter 14. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. It says there, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost? To see if he has enough money to complete it. For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. What a challenge that is, huh? There's about counting the cost. Counting the cost. Do you, are you really serious about living your life for Jesus Christ in this world, no matter what the cost, no matter fearing the people around, no matter what people might think? Are we going to live for Jesus or not? It's basically that simple. And, and Jesus says to them, listen, count the cost. Just before that, verse 27, he says, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Count the cost. Are you going to be a, a follower of Jesus or not? And that's for you, that's for me, that's for every one of us. Building a strong foundation on Jesus himself and on his word and on on hearing it and living it, applying it to our lives. Let's turn back to Matthew. It says there in verse 26 of chapter 7, But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Sand's not a good foundation. You know that, right? That's kind of obvious. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew 
and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. It was loud. There was wreckage everywhere when these, when these kinds of storms come. And you, you've seen the pictures of storms and, that come in and tear houses up. And someone said this, that the crash of collapsing character is heard everywhere. People hear. So the challenge to you and me is this. Build now, before the storms come. Maybe, maybe you're in the middle of a storm right now and you're holding on for dear life, but maybe you're not. Well, now is the time to build. Now is the time to, to rededicate ourselves to, to getting to know Jesus better and better, to applying His Word to our lives, making it real. It's either real or it's not real. We're either going to go for it or not going. We're going to count the cost and, and follow or, or we're going to turn away. You, you read about it in John chapter 6. And, you know, he said, well, it says there that, that, that many, you know, Jesus kind of challenged him and said, you know, you really need to get serious about following me or not. You need to partake of me, body and, and, and blood and everything. You need to partake of me. And they go, wow, this is too heavy. We can't handle this. And they walked away. And interesting, the verse's uh, address is, is 666. Is that going to be you or me? Or are we going to get serious about it? Build now this foundation before the storms come. Jesus himself, the rock of our salvation, his words, hearing and obey it. Let's finish this chapter in verse 28 and verse 29. It said, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. He finished that sermon. Really, you can actually read, if you read this sermon out loud, we've taken a lot, a lot of weeks to look at it, but you can read it out loud in about 30 minutes or something like that. He finished it, and the people were just going, wow. They were amazed at his teaching. But he had just told them, listen, to be amazed is not enough. To be, to be wowed by his words is not enough, but, but to be changed by them. That's what he's talking about. That's what, that's what you and I are talking about. To be changed by him, by his word. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. We're going to have communion this morning. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for Jesus and for his words to us, and, and we are challenged by them. We have been uh, reading this Sermon on the Mount. I've been so challenged by all the different sections in here and, and the things that you're speaking. You're calling us to live for you. You're calling us to live a life based on your word and applying it to our lives. Lord, not, not enough just to hear the words, not enough just to say, Lord, Lord, but to put them into practice, to build our lives on something strong that will withhold, that will withstand the storms of this life, of this world. God, help us to do that. We're just sinful, human, weak and we know that in us dwells no good thing, but because of your spirit living in us, we have life, we have hope, we have, through the power of Jesus, the ability to build. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. 
And so I pray for each one of us here, Lord, that, that as you've been you know, speaking and, and, and working, Lord, that you'd show us. Maybe there's areas that we need to get serious about. Maybe we're in the storm, and I pray for any that are in the storm this morning, Lord, you'd, you'd help them to hold on, hold on. You'd help them to stand strong, and, and maybe at the end of this storm they can be, begin building an even stronger foundation. But may we not be complacent. Father, keep us from being complacent when things are not going bad. I pray this morning as we prepare to take communion, Lord, that we who have received you, Jesus, would again come and humble ourselves before the cross. The cross that that made it all possible, that beginning, the gate to knowing you. We come to the cross this morning. I pray for any this morning who have never surrendered their lives to Jesus. Today, you would simply say, Jesus, I, I am a sinner and I need you today. Simply pray those words. Simply surrender, meaning it. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ today and you will know him and his eternal life, and he will work in your life as you surrender to him. Father, bless our time together in communion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.